Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hi, you are listening to the 12th episode of SLP Talk Show. I am Carrie, and I am here with the amazing, the one and only, Jim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So I have to tell our listeners that we missed an episode last week because our daughter Allison graduated with her master's degree. Yeah, it was a busy week. It was just so busy, and we tried so hard, and we just had so many people in town and so much going on. And so we didn't get a second episode recorded last week, but... Allie is now graduated, and... Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have her on sometime. Oh, we need to. You know, she's going to be a teacher. She got her, yep. secured her first job as a second grade teacher. Isn't right. that exciting? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I think sometime this summer, um, before she starts teaching, maybe we'll have her on and talk to her a little bit about her experience. And I don't know. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, I, you know, I have my master's degree uh, when I graduated back in 1995, I was so far away from the university where I graduated that I didn't even go back to walk for my hooding, you know, do my hooding ceremony or walk for my master's. So it was kind of neat to watch her. Well, we were married at that point. We were already married and I already had a full-time job. And Mm so I just, it was so hard to want to go back. So I kind of regret it now, but it was neat watching the hooding ceremony. And yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. You got to go to that. I watched it online, which... I don't know. I might. You had a really good vantage point, though. You were right in the front row. I was so. in the front row. Yeah. Can't get much better than that. Yeah. 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 It was. It was really. Yeah, that neat. was pretty cool. It was, and Aaron got to watch online. Yep. Uh, so yep. it was. It was a neat experience. But anyway, so we are back in action, and we have to start with Stump the Chump. Okay. Because you know. Of course. And in case we have some new listeners, will you please remind everyone who the chump is? That's me. That's you. Okay, so here we go. We have four questions for you. And this is from a game called I Should Have Known That. Uh, It's stuff that everybody is supposed to I still question that. Like, do I really need to know their lead singer of Coldplay? Well, I don't think that's critical information. According to this game, you do. So here are Uh, your questions Nothing against Coldplay fans out there, but you know, I just I don't know. <laughs> Not common knowledge. I think all of these are common knowledge. I think you're going to do well. Today. Okay. All okay. Right. Here we Good. go. Good. In which sports do you complete? No. Let me start over. In which sports do you compete in a half pipe? In a half pipe. That would be um, like either um, skateboard or snowboarding. Yeah. Snowboarding and skateboarding. It said also skiing. Skiing. Inline yeah, skating. Freestyle BMIX. So, anyways, way to go. One for one. What is the name of Elvis Presley's daughter? Oh, man. Um, Priscilla. That's his wife. Oh, that's his wife. Oh, no. You're close. Um, She married Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, She has two names. Well, she goes by both her first and middle name. Oh, man. It sucks getting old and forgetting things. Um, her first name is also a Simpsons daughter from The Simpsons. Lisa Marie. Yes, Lisa Marie Presley. You Got get it. half a point for that one because I helped you. <laughs> All right, here we go. What prize can be regarded as television's equivalent to the Oscars? The Emmys. Ooh, 
you are good. Okay, last one. one. What neurological disorder involves falling asleep involuntarily and randomly? Narcolepsy. You have almost 100%. 90%? I'll give you like 90.5%. Like an A minus? Yeah, an A minus. You get an A minus. <laughs> I like that. It's yes. the story of my life. <laughs> You're not getting the A. Not getting the 4.0. No, no, but I'll give you an A minus. I'm going to get the 3.95. That's right. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so it is May. It is Better Hearing and Speech Month. And so I thought this month we'll just kind of talk about speechy stuff. Okay. Uh, So last week, or the last episode, I should say, episode 11, we talked about phonological patterns and simplifications that kids use mm-hmm. uh, when learning to talk. Yep. And so today I thought I would just maybe start a conversation about one of my specialty areas, which is childhood apraxia of speech, C-A-S. And uh, how, how good are you at Greek, Jim? Are you? At Greek. Greek. Do you know a lot um, of Greek words? <laughs> Hopa. Hopa. Yeah. <laughs> From oh my big fat Greek Any, wedding. Anything that has to do with like drinking. Drinking? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, like yeah. Opa, you know, it's fun. Like you, Uzu? You, what do they drink? Uzo. Uzo. Or is it no, Ozu? Uzo. Ozu. I don't know. But don't, isn't that a You know, a Greek? we just drafted George Karloftis, you know, for the Chiefs. Yeah. And he's he's Greek. Oh, we could ask him. Yeah. We can maybe ask I him. could have him over. Yeah. Or well, we could have him on. That'd be great. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? So we're going to talk about Greek today. Okay. What do you think? Okay. Well, not really. But um, in order to understand what apraxia is, it is important to understand the root word. Okay. And the root word of apraxia is praxis. Praxis. And it is a Greek word that means action or doing or movement. Movement. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. So uh, when we as SLPs, as therapists in general, talk about praxis, what we're talking about is the ability to plan and perform purposeful movements. Okay? Okay. Are you with me? Yep. So we're talking Greek now. Okay. I'm with you. All right. So... The word apraxia is a very interesting word. We know the root word is praxis, which we're going to interpret as movement. Okay, And so apraxia then is a decrease in the ability to plan and perform purposeful movements. That's how we're talking about apraxia. Okay, So I have to go all the way back to my time at the University of Iowa in my undergraduate program. I took a one-hour course called medical terminology. And... During that time when I took it, you only went to class when you had a test. So it was a self-study type course. They just gave you hundreds and hundreds of words and prefixes and suffixes, and you just had to memorize. So it was like literally note cards, you know, and you just quiz yourself. And so you had to be really diligent because you had to pass the test. And at the time, I thought, what a pain um, in my you-know-what. But in hindsight, it was probably the best course I ever took because it helps me to understand what words mean. That's funny. Yeah. So it was a really great course, medical terminology course at the University of Iowa, go Hawks. So I want to talk to you about what apraxia and dyspraxia, okay? Because those are common terms and they're often interchanged and they mean something, they're interpreted differently here in the United States than they are, let's say, in the UK. Um, So I just kind of want to, I thought we'd just start with this because this can cause a lot of confusion. So the prefix A as in the word apraxia, that prefix means total loss or without. Okay. Now, the prefix dis, D-Y-S, as in the word dyspraxia, means partial loss. Okay. Okay, so 
When we think about the literal interpretation of the word apraxia, it would mean, when we're referring to speech, it would mean a total loss of the ability to plan the movements necessary for speech. Okay. So a lot of times, SLPs will argue dyspraxia makes more sense, that mm-hmm. it's partial loss of the ability to plan the movements necessary for production of intelligible speech. But I think we'll do maybe another episode here this month on the different types of apraxia, because here in the United States, dyspraxia actually refers to limb apraxia, okay. not to the verbal apraxia. And so we have some really interesting issues with our terminology. So uh, we refer to uh, uh, verbal apraxia in children here in the United States as childhood apraxia of speech. In the UK, for example, they refer to it as verbal dyspraxia. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just really interesting. So I just well, thought... And that's good because, you know, we have a lot of listeners from, from other, other countries. countries. Yeah. So we, it's, it's good to kind of, you know, clarify clarify yeah. that yeah form. yeah so in other english-speaking countries not just the uk but in other english-speaking right. countries it's often referred to as verbal dyspraxia but okay. here in the united states we call it childhood apraxia of speech okay. so i just thought i yeah. would start with that difference no, between apraxia and dyspraxia and um, stay tuned if you're interested because i think one of the next episodes i will talk about um the three primary different types of apraxia and mm-hmm. when dyspraxia or limb apraxia becomes really really relevant so um let's talk about why we say that apraxia is a motor planning disorder that's a really common thing that slps learn we okay. learned that apraxia is a motor planning disorder so what what does that even mean what are we talking about well whenever you're going to learn any new motor skill at all okay what whether it's learning to play the piano mm-hmm. learning to knit right. learning to um drive a car uh, right. learning to talk right those are all motor skills so whenever you are learning a new motor skill it's mm-hmm. going to take more time and more effort before you can experience success yeah like you played an instrument what did you play when you were a kid uh, i played a trumpet you played the trumpet so when mm-hmm. you first picked it up fair to say you weren't great at it no i wasn't yeah, I I, terrible. I hate to say I played the violin. I attempted to play the violin. I was never good at playing the violin. I did it for years and years. And, you know, in hindsight, I wish somebody like my parent, like somebody who loved me, might have said, Carrie, I think this isn't your instrument, honey. <laughs> but instead, they supported me wholeheartedly. Don't, don't quit your day job. <laughs> don't quit your day job. Yeah. Oh, isn't that the truth? Um, yeah. So, well, and it's like one of those things, too, that you can, if you stop... You lose those skills. Yeah, it because is. I can't play a trumpet now. Save my life. And yeah, you were really good. I was in pretty your good day, by the by the time you know after a few years. Yeah, but it took time, yeah, right? Yeah. How about this? Think about when first learning to drive a car. Uh, it's fair to say that it's a little stressful the first time you get behind the wheel of a car, trying to figure out. You know, you got to think about which pedal is the brake, accelerator. Well, which yeah. One. I mean, I think I equate that to driving a manual transmission. You know, where you have a stick shift and I haven't done that in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And if I got it, I could do it, but I just, it would take me a minute to reestablish that. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. And and I've never driven um, that kind of car. Could I learn? Probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have difficulty parking between two lines, so <laughs> I'm not 100% Yeah, I saw sure. your parking job today and I was like, ooh, Well, I did that intentionally. So, I didn't oh, okay. even try to get between the lines because <laughs> I caused myself so much stress that if there's nobody around me, I'm like, forget the line. I'm just going <laughs> to park this way. Um, but anyways, we can talk about my poor driving driving skills a a different day. Uh, But when you're learning any new motor skill, it does take more 
focused attention, sure. right? It's okay. more effortful. Fair to say there's a little bit more stress involved with it. But mm-hmm. here's the great thing is once a motor skill becomes well rehearsed, right. okay, once it's practiced, whether it's playing an instrument, driving a car, yeah. uh, talking, sports. anything yeah. related to sports, yeah. um, anything, any motor skill at all. We talk about our son, Aaron, who's 17 now, and he's been doing therapeutic horseback riding for what, four years maybe? Mm-hmm. Close to four years. Right. And he's so much more fluid just in even getting on the horse oh, yeah. and he, figuring out how to amazing. attack the horse. On it now, but you know, when he first started, it was very awkward and very challenging, and there was a lot of focused attention, you know, a lot more effort associated with it. So he can post now, he can go over small jumps, yeah. Well, just Um, watching him tack the horse, even and then, yeah, Yeah. rides English, rides um, Western saddle, too. Yeah, it's amazing. Western's like. It's so easy. It's so easy. Because something, yeah, something's easy <laughs> for him, English is English is harder. The English saddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, with well, when, when a motor skill becomes well rehearsed, becomes practiced, it becomes easier because mm-hmm. there doesn't require so much of that motor planning. So, I want to go back to our Greek word praxis, okay? okay? And I really want to analyze this word because in order to fully understand and appreciate how we do speech therapy for children with childhood apraxia of speech, uh-huh. it's very important that we understand what the heck praxis even is. So praxis is a multi-step process. And I will say it's one that most of us take for granted. Mm-hmm. Unless you're learning a new motor skill right now in the moment. Right. You know, like I want to, I keep telling you I want to learn to play pickleball, right? right? So I even bought you pickleball little paddles and whatever they're called. And someday we're going to do it, right? Yeah, but yeah. so watching me learn any new motor skill is a hoot for anyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, praxis is this multi-step process. Mm-hmm. So the first step is called ideation. And it's where you actually have to generate an idea of what it is you want to do. You can't do a motor so plan like, for something if you don't have an idea of what it is first. Okay, so if it's physical, then do you kind of like visualize it? Yeah, you is have to. Yeah, mean? absolutely. There okay. has to be an idea in your head like, ooh, I'm going to hit this little ball with this racket, mm-hmm. right? Where you make a plan, okay, in the, in the, uh, an idea. You have an idea, okay? The second step is motor planning. So mm-hmm. this is where apraxia comes in. So motor planning is you have a motor cortex in your brain. And at one level in that motor cortex is where you organize and sequence the steps that are necessary to perform the action or the movement. Mm-hmm. So this is why we say that apraxia of speech is a motor planning disorder because this is where the the difficulty is, is in the motor cortex. It's at the level of the motor plan. Okay. Okay. So I have an idea. I want to say the word dog. Now mm-hmm. I have to motor plan the movements. I have to get my tongue on my alveolar ridge to make the D sound. I have to open for ah. I have to then use the back of my tongue to get the g sound. And I have to sequence those all together in a clear, um, uh, uh, seamless movement pattern, mm-hmm. right? I want dog. I don't want it to be d, ah, g. That's called segmenting, and that's the opposite of what we want, right? right? So we want this motor plan. The third step in the praxis process is execution. Mm-hmm. And this is where you actually perform the movement. So the motor plan is just getting the steps in the right order, right. sequence, so you can produce them. Uh, the execution is the actual you know, performance of those that movement. So if you're an SLP listener, just know that childhood apraxia of speech occurs at the motor planning level of the motor cortex. Dysarthria, the other motor speech disorder, occurs at the execution level of the motor uh, cortex. Okay. So you have to plan a movement before you can execute it. So you can plan the movement with dysarthria, but you just can't You execute. have difficulty executing it. It's muscular. It's neuromuscular. Okay? okay. Dysarthria is neuromuscular. Apraxia is neurologic. It's difficulty getting the plan in place. So can a child have both? Can a child have uh, both uh, apraxia of speech 
difficulty uh-huh. planning and dysarthria, difficulty with execution. Yes. Absolutely. Anything can co-occur, yeah, yes. right? You got yeah. that right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They can co-occur. So we have ideation, get an idea of what you want to do or say, mm-hmm. motor planning, plan and sequence the movements necessary, okay. execution, perform the movement. And the fourth step of praxis is feedback. So this is where then you reflect on your performance in order to refine the movement in the future. Why? Because you want to make your movements either more accurate, if it wasn't correct, right? but you also, through practice, want to make your movements more efficient, meaning you can do them in a timelier manner, okay? So, so, so much, quicker. Yeah, quicker. So much of speech therapy, when we're using principles of motor learning, are focused on that feedback. We want to give the child feedback so that they can become um, uh, better in tune with, uh, did I have that right movement? Were my lips round enough? Did I use the back of my tongue? Should I, you know, spread my lips further? You know, so whatever it is, we're helping them by providing very specific feedback Mm -hmm. about their performance. So praxis is this multi-step process. So in a nutshell, when we say the word motor planning, it's knowing what steps to take and in what order to complete a task. And like we said earlier, once a motor task has been planned and used over and over and over, it becomes seemingly automatic. That motor process in the brain has become quick mm-hmm. and efficient. And that's what we all want, right? right, right. When you see those, uh, you know, have you ever seen a pianist who is obviously, you know, very highly skilled? They don't get that way overnight, right? They get right. that way with tons and tons and tons of practice yeah. to the point where you watch their fingers glide across, you know, the keyboard and it's seemingly automatic. You mm-hmm. and I look at that and go, how could anybody ever possibly do it's that? It's more of an art than a science, oh, you know, at it that is. point. It is. Yeah. It's just amazing. But you watch an, any athlete, uh, if you watch the Olympics, a skier or, you know, an ice skater and you think, yeah. how could anybody ever learn that? Well, they have to learn it in small steps steps and put them all together. That's what speech is. We have consonants and we have vowels. They're the segments of speech. And what we have to do is we have to sequence them together so Mm -hmm. that it becomes a fluid movement, just like ice skating or skiing or shooting free throws or, you know, hitting a fastball. I mean, whatever it is, um, it's a, it's a movement. And so that's why as a speech language pathologist, we always have to remember language is not motor. Speech is Motor. Speech is motor. Speech is motor, right? It's all Greek, right? Praxis, movement, motor, action, okay? So we are talking about a motor skill. Mm -hmm. I sometimes hear speech language pathologists say, they refer to our colleagues, physical therapists and occupational therapists, as the motor therapists. Guys, we're all motor therapists. SLPs are motor therapists if we are working on speech goals. Not if we're working on language goals, right? right? Speech and language are not synonyms. They are not the same thing. Because language is communication. Language is communication. Speech is a part of language, right? Absolutely. It's one way to express yourself, but you can express yourself through language that is not spoken, right? Right. Lots of ways. We do that all the time. You you give me that look all the time. Well, what do you always tell me? I remember when I first started (laughs) as a professional speaker and you said, Carrie, you have to be careful because you yell with your face. Because I do. I'm very expressive and you can tell just by looking at me if I agree with what you're saying or not right. or <laughs> so I do I yell with my face and um oh, no it's just that certain look like okay no, no that's not <laughs> that's, I, not, that's it. not acceptable that's whatever not you're it. doing or saying <laughs> that's right so as we relate praxis this Greek word to speech motor planning is what allows the child to create use and combine various sounds and syllables to produce new more complex utterances. So kids with a praxis of speech, they can probably say well-rehearsed words quite clearly. 
and quite efficiently. And so people say, oh, well, he's, he says, you know, the word mama and pizza and taco clearly. So I don't think he has apraxia or he has consistent errors on those words. Well, but if they're well rehearsed, we expect them to be right. efficient and quick and timely, right? We well, don't. That, that makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, I was at Allie's graduation this weekend and, you know, they had two separate speakers uh-huh. that were, you know, they would hand them their card and it would have their name on it and they would when it's like Hannah Smith, right? You know, it's quick. It was quick, uh-huh. but it when it was like some name they've never seen before, right? Multisyllabic, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it then, took then more it took, time. Then didn't it, it takes longer. Yep. You know, something that was harder to pronounce. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Or maybe you know a foreign, more of a foreign um, language mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. Um, that, that they weren't familiar that, with. That yeah. So and there, and there's different ways of pronouncing those things. It, you know, like Coach K. Okay, uh-huh. remember him from Duke? Oh, from Duke. Coach Shashevsky is, is how you say it, right? is how you say it, but, but it starts it? with a K. And isn't it like K-R-Z-Y? K-R-Z, yeah, so none of that <laughs> makes any sense. Right, if you don't understand the phonology yeah. of yeah, so that's, a language. So when when you're seeing names like that, it takes longer because you're just like, okay, i got to motor yeah. plan this. Exactly, and... exactly. So well-rehearsed words should be produced more efficiently. Words you say over and over. Mm-hmm. And I brought this up, I think, even on this podcast before that one of Aaron's words at age 17 that he still struggles uh, one that I can think of um, is permanent Mm -hmm. he really struggles motor plant because he doesn't say it very often and so when he does man he has to think about it and if I write it out that's a visual cue a graphic cue and he can see the letters man it helps him motor plan so much better right but because he tries to stick the n in there first yeah Pernament. Pernament or permament, you know, <laughs> right. so, so yeah. Anyway, so this just helps us to understand after a speech target has been well rehearsed, it becomes what we would call seemingly automatic. And this is why SLPs, we are always saying repetitive speech practice is critical. There is no way to get good at any motor skill, whether it's skiing, knitting, driving a car, uh, you know, playing the trumpet, talking, riding a horse, I don't care what it is, there's right. no way to get efficient at it, to get good at it, unless you have repetitive practice. Okay, that is the Talking key. Talking about practice. Yes, absolutely. So for children with childhood apraxia of speech, learning to talk requires more time, more focused attention, and more highly specialized practice than other kids need because they have a motor planning disorder. Ellen Iverson would be so proud. They were, you know, maybe not so proud of this. He, he had a problem with we're talking about practice. Is that what he would say? <laughs> one of his famous interviews. He was an awesome player. And he would so, say it again? He would talk about what? We're talking about, like he missed a practice, I think, oh. or something. He was like, we're talking about practice here, not not games. <laughs> oh. Practice. But, so when you're, <laughs> just made me think Made you think of Allen Iverson. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Jim's brain, just so you know, and you'll get to know this, <laughs> um, his brain is always thinking about sports, right? Um, my son Aaron's brain is always thinking about wild animals mm-hmm. and NASCAR, right. pretty much. And Jim's brain is very focused on sports. So very. you pretty much have a sports like an I don't know if analogy is the right word but anything I say you can tie it to something sports oh, yeah, related. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like you were talking about movements. I was like I you know watching a shortstop. Uh-huh. It, it's why it's so fascinating to me because maybe it's cuz I played but Right. It's 
it's poetry in motion. It is. Because it, is the, an art. it starts with the footwork and the footwork's incredible. And yeah. you can't do it without the footwork. I was going to say, you mess up the footwork. You're always pointing that out to me when we right. watch baseball. Like, oh, he didn't he didn't lead with the right foot or he didn't, right. yeah, have well, it right. Well, if it's messed up, you're going to have a hard time making that Absolutely. play. So. I wonder if there is a possibility we can do a podcast called Speech Therapy and Sports, you know, and just combine our two worlds. What yeah, there think? we go. <laughs> I do. I do like a fancy football one, you oh, know, or I, like a like a foot like an off topic. Yeah, that'd be you know where cool. I where I maybe just random. Yeah, the random Answer, podcast. How about that? Yeah, random. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think I think you know because we have so much extra time on our hands. Yeah, we, running, we do running our business yeah, and all. There, there's um, <laughs> yeah, but we have so much time. I swear, you guys. Uh, so Jim and I both we, we work from home. We run Carrie Ebert seminars. I mean, we have this. This company that probably needs at least five to seven people running it. And mm-hmm. Jim and I do it all by ourselves. And there I are know. days where we yeah. are literally, I feel like we're losing our minds. And I am not kidding you. Some days we're like, oh, crap, did we brush our teeth today? Like we start work so early. Or we're like, well, that's kind of gross. But it yeah. is kind of gross, but it's the truth. I'm like, oh my gosh. Or we don't even have time to shower. We're like, we got to get to work. We got to get. So I think adding another podcast is smart. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Definitely. Let's, let's just throw another let's just throw shrimp another. on the barbie. Oh, you yeah. Know? Why don't we? Why don't we? All right, <laughs> throw guys. Throw another thing on <laughs> Another thing on the fire, right? Well, thanks for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. We really appreciate it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we are enjoying this podcast party. It's kind of a fun, fun thing for us. So as you head back to the real world, remember, joy is a choice that you make every day when you wake up in the morning. Throw kindness around like confetti. And please, please get your boobies checked every year. It could just save your life. It certainly saved mine. Until we meet again, cheers. <laughs>